Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. So join me, Bravo and Botox, and we'll catch up on all the Bravo news and read way too much into our favorite shows and Bravo liberties. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bravo Papers. I am here to bring you the Vanderpump Rules Episode 4 After Show Recap. That's a mouthful, Um, but, you know, just want to make it clear to the listeners that this is a recap of the after show, not a recap of the actual show. Um, I also just wanted to say that, yes, I did see the New York Times article covering Tom Sandoval and the interview magazine where he's eating groceries to a cake and etc. I do talk about the New York Times interview in my Bravo Weekly News episode, which will be released uh, Friday morning this week. So, you know, stay tuned for that because I've got some thoughts. And as for the interview magazine, listen, I didn't read it. I'm not going to read it. I've given this man enough attention this week and I saw the cake pictures. So I guess I can talk about that for a minute in the sense of what were those? They were not good. And listen, I'm not saying this to put down the photographer or to insult them. I know they were doing their job, I guess, but they're not They're not even good photos. And again, listen, I can't look at them from a objective lens. I can't stand him. He when I look at him, I see eyes with no soul. So (laughs) it's really hard for me to look at those pictures and appreciate them, even if they were nice pictures. But I don't really think that they were because I, when I looked at the New York Times pictures, I could appreciate the quality of those pictures and appreciate that they were nice pictures. They actually bothered me because I was like, it's not fair. He doesn't deserve these. And he's probably looking at these like, ooh, he's probably still looking at the interview magazine ones with that same reaction because God knows, like, he thinks he's. He probably thinks he's like, you know, God's gift, right? But I don't know. I just thought they were really cheesy and they were trying to do something with the birthday cake thing and it just, it it didn't work. They were trying to do some, you know, like a juxtaposition of like, you know, he's really fit and has a six pack and then he's eating these like, cakes and they're like cheap cakes and he's like you know giving these little like mischievous looks and trying to make it look sexy and it just it was it was a fail a big fail and if you ever want to eat grocery store cake again I strongly recommend that you do not look at the pictures so I guess that's one upside is um I think next time I go to the grocery store I'm not going to want that cake so there's that (laughs) All right, so let's talk about the after show for episode four. Um, listen, I didn't think this episode was very good. I, I made my opinion pretty clear on Twitter, but it was, it, it's just not giving. 
the season's just not giving. It's getting a little repetitive. I I can't. But, you know, there was some good stuff in the after show. And, you know, like I said last week, the after show is kind of giving more than the episodes are right now. So let's talk about it. So this after show is also shorter than some of the other ones. So just a heads up, this will not be as long as maybe my episode three after show recap. Um, so just, yeah. So Sheena says, you know, they kind of start off by talking about Tom and the, you know, possible suicidal thoughts that he may have had in that conversation he had with LVP. And Sheena says that she had a friend who took their life and she felt like she made basically some comments that were insensitive or something along the lines of like, well, you know, things that are happening to you are because of your own actions. And then I guess she felt some responsibility for that and, you know, felt guilty about it. And she doesn't want to make that mistake again. Now, then they switch over to Ariana, who says, basically, I take that kind of thing very seriously, you know, like suicidal ideation seriously. But she also says it's, you know, she's in a weird position because or a difficult position because Tom wasn't taking it seriously for her and actually used it as fodder on Howie Mandel's podcast, as many of us remember, including me. And that's kind of been my issue with this whole thing is that Everyone is like, you have to take it seriously. You have to take it seriously. No one is saying that we shouldn't take it seriously. Of course, people should listen if Tom is saying he's having those thoughts. But if he is, he needs, and and Ariana says this on the after show, he needs to seek professional help. And his friends and family or people who are actually close to him should try to encourage him to get professional help, right? Like, LVP and Lala and Sheena are not equipped to deal with that and to take that on, you know, nor, sorry, my chair creaked, but nor should that be their responsibility. They are not qualified to do that. They can, yeah, they can be friends and be a listening ear, you know, but again, I think a lot of people, and I've seen this on X slash Twitter, I've seen it on Instagram, I've seen it everywhere, are having trouble believing that this is real and that he's not just using this to try and get sympathy and for a storyline. Because because of the way that he so flippantly lied about it when it came to Ariana and the way that he just showed a lot of insensitivity towards that issue when it came to Ariana not only on Howie Mandel's podcast, but also when he had that final conversation with Sheena where he was, you know, getting all like heated and he's like, well, I couldn't. She said she was going to kill herself, you know. And he also like he strongly implied that Ariana's depression and mental health was part of the reason he cheated. So, you know, okay. So Ariana says, and again, this is, what I just said, but I got to reiterate it. If that is the case, LVP should not be putting that on Sheena and Lala. They are not equipped and are not, they're not responsible. He should seek professional help. Exactly. Sheena feels that, you know, even despite all that, she needed to stop 
projecting so much anger. You know, she was having nightmares. It was weighing on her. She lost weight. I mean, like you would think that Sheena got cheated on. I <laughs> Listen, I don't begrudge Sheena some feelings in this situation. Like she, I totally, as somebody, I also have anxiety and OCD and I've had panic disorder in the past. And, and I am the kind of person that when something is happening to someone, I, I do start to get paranoid that maybe that's going to happen to me. So I actually do understand what Sheena means when, you know, she says she started getting paranoid as Brock cheating on me and, and, you know, spiraling. I get that. I think a lot of people get that, right? So I, I don't begrudge her those feelings. However, the way she talks about it is she just goes over the line. She goes over the line of like explaining just empathy, sympathy, and here's, you know, it made me more paranoid. Like she goes way past that. She makes it out like this happened to her. She's the main character and it, and it's almost like there's no empathy for what her friend went through since we haven't seen it really since like the finale of the last season. So it's just, yeah. So she says that and she, but she also does say like, just like the, I was having nightmares. I was losing weight. I was this like, again, Sheena, even if all that is true, you don't have to keep saying it over and over again. Cause the more she keeps repeating that, the more she's giving people that kind of like, Okay, here's Sheena making it about herself again, which that is what she's doing. So she does, though, say that, you know, she felt it was too soon to welcome Sandoval back into the group at that point. Like, you know, despite whatever his mental health was, um, you know, and then Sheena goes on this kind of rant about how she says she was afraid to bring this up you know, the convo, the conversation that she had with LVP to Ariana at James's pool party, because then, you know, her feelings about her friend who took their own life from the past or her feelings in regard to the Scandoval situation, she felt wouldn't be heard and that it would just be about like, oh, you know, Tom treated you like crap and he doesn't even care about you. Um, The amount of me's and eyes in this rant that Sheena goes on, it's actually unreal. Like, I mean, it's real, but it's it's hard for me to even wrap my head around. Like, I just can't remember, I just can't imagine, sorry, this happening to my best friend and me talking about it in just with this amount of me's eyes. Like, it's just nonstop. Like, just there's like really no mention of how this has impacted Ariana and other people. Sheena says she was literally in tears telling that story, which we saw at the pool party. And, you know, she's like, and no one asks, like, why this is so hard for me and why it's affecting me so much. Well, the reason that no one really asked that, Sheena, is because it's not about you. This did not happen to you. Was was there a ripple effect that did impact you? Yes. But again, this did not happen to you. Like, I just, I don't know how someone needs to just say that to her over and over again until she gets it. Like, 
when you were telling, when she was telling, sorry, I'm acting like I'm talking to her. When she was telling Ariana about that in the pool, it's, it's, Ariana's been cheated on, heartbroken, and her entire life has been blown up. It's not her responsibility to deal with that, the fallout from that, the emotions from that, the heartbreak from that, the depression, the whatever else comes along with that. And then it's not her responsibility to also take care of you. Okay. If Sheena's having a hard time because of what happened to her best friend, I'm sorry, but that's kind of on Sheena to deal with. And that's something like her husband and family can support her with. Like you don't, you know, if I had a friend like this is, it's not the same thing, but just say I had a friend who lost a family member to some tragedy and it really affected me deeply because I love my friend and I hate seeing them go through that grief and torment and maybe it did affect me deeply and I started getting anxiety and getting paranoid about what if that happens to someone in my family that I love, etc. Those are all valid fears paranoia's feelings that come along with it, but I'm not going to go to my friend and expect that that person who is grieving and has been through this immense loss, that it's now their responsibility to take care of me. And it feels like that's what Sheena wants. And no, we're not talking about a death here. We're talking about cheating. But, you know, when something like cheating happens, it does change the trajectory of your life. And it does, in this case, change kind of what Ariana thought her life was going to be because she did love him and she thought this was her person. So she probably had like plans and this is how our life is going to go and this is what we'll do next and blah, blah, blah. That's why divorce and, you know, breakups of serious relationships are so hard for people because you don't just grieve like the relationship, you grieve the life you thought you were going to have, right? So, you know, that's why it is so hard for me to have any empathy for Sheena in this case, because she doesn't really seem to have any empathy outside of feeling sorry for herself. Right? Okay, so then Ariana says, well, it's sad to miss someone who said they don't give an F about you. It's sad for her, but you know, take me out of it. Exactly. <laughs> like, take Ariana out of it. It's not her responsibility to comfort you because you're sad because you lost Sandoval as a friend. She's busy, you know, grieving losing her partner who she was in love with for nine years and thought was her forever person. <laughs> and then Ariana says he was a vote. He, Tom Sandoval, was a vocal supporter as well, of the thing that she claims is the most traumatic thing she's been through, the restraining order stuff. So he also said they were never even really friends and he didn't give an F about her. And Ariana says it's sad that Sheena's seeking validation or approval from him. But again, do what you want to do, but don't put it on me by asking for my approval. Exactly. Ariana's dealing with enough. She's been heartbroken by this guy, realizes that she's given her heart to a narcissist for the last nine years, probably because she has some serious self-esteem issues and probably didn't feel like for a long time that she deserved anything better. And now she's dealing with the fact that he's, again, a narcissist and refuses to leave the home and is still like playing psychological games, etc. 
and is continually going to try and villainize her to the public on a show and in any way that he can and 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 now it's also her responsibility to you know comfort sheena when she's crying because she doesn't have yet another friend like give me a break sheena's got like a whole basket full of you know shallow friends that aren't that meaningful she literally calls everyone her best friend <laughs> She got over Rob, so, you know, and he was her best friend, right? And what about the guy um, that was her best friend who was on that season that we all forget about? Uh, was it Max or the other guy? Yeah, I think it was Max. I think that was his name. That was her best friend, too. <laughs> like, it's just... Okay. So... Where was I here? Katie says, Katie does kind of affirm this and say like, yeah, it did feel like Sheena was asking for your approval. 100%. Sheena says she obviously struggles with boundaries. Okay, that's good. We have a little self-awareness here from Sheena. But the, you know, this wasn't just like some random guy. This was her first friend in this friend group and was her only friend when the show started. She really latches on to that. And then Lala's like, didn't you know him before you knew Ariana? And James is like, well, that doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, which I agree with James. It doesn't. It's it's not about how long you know someone. It's the depth of the friendship. And and then Lala gets like, every time James comes in with an opinion that goes against Sheena or Lala, Lala gets like so heated. It's like she can't stand to hear a contrarian opinion or a contrary opinion. So she gets heated and she's like, no, it means that it is different. It means they had a standalone friendship before he dated Ariana. And Sheena's like, yeah, he, this was my best friend. Okay. <laughs> so she goes, this was my best friend screwing over my other best friend. And I'm like, Sheena, the term best friend doesn't mean anything because you use it for literally everyone. So at this point, just say this was one friend screwing over another. I don't know. <laughs> and like, did she not actually, is, does she actually think that Tom Sandoval was her best friend? Because I guarantee you he does not feel that way about her. He might say he does now because he's desperate for people. But I guarantee you he does not feel that. He doesn't care about her. He only cares about Sheena as far as he can use her for his own gain. Okay, trust me. The only person that Tom really thinks is his quote unquote best friend is like Schwartz. So, so Sheena has this, has this whole like, you know, teary eyed speech. She says the word best friend, you know, like 800 times. And then Sheena says if she was dating Ariana's best guy friend of 15 years, it would be the same. But Sheena, did you have that type of relationship with Sandoval? Again, I got to ask. Like, You weren't best friends with Tom Sandoval for 15 years. You've been friends with him, maybe, and were a co-worker. You worked with him at Villa Blanca. <laughs> like, if Vanderbum Rules had never become a show, do I still think Sandoval and Sheena would have stayed friends? No, I don't. They probably would have just like went to work at different places and drifted apart. I'm sorry. So Lala says, um, you know, Ariana doesn't get to say if whether we can hang out with Sandoval or not. 
she's not trying to say that. Sorry. Like that's you are the ones who are going to her putting her in the position of asking her for permission to be friends with him. Why are you going and even telling her about it? If you're going to do what you want and you don't need her position, then just be friends with him. Don't even ask her or put her in that awkward position in the first place. And don't also gaslight and act like she's the one who's saying you need her permission. She's made a boundary. She's made it clear. And you can do what you want. <laughs> like, that's it. And if she does get upset about you hanging out with Sandoval and doesn't want you to hang out with him, then deal with that if it happens. So, and and again, I do think that Ariana, now that she's like got the love goggles off and the haze and the fog has lifted, I think that she just has a more clear vision of who Sandoval is. So I think that's why she just says to Sheena, like, okay, you can, you know, whatever, but just, you know, like he doesn't really care. And as soon as he's, you know, invited to things again, he's just going to go back to like, it's just kind of a fair warning. So, um, oh yeah. So then, then Lala says, oh my God, this is my favorite part. Lala's like to James, she's like, can you imagine if I went to Schwartz and said, you can't play pickleball with Rand? Uh, what? <laughs> like, I literally, I like, I, I rewound it. I was like, she didn't just say that. Okay, but then listening to it in the full context. And James goes, you did say that. And Lala's like, yeah, but no, but if I still lived in the house, I wouldn't have a leg to stand on. What? Where is the logic in this, Lala? It's... Like, yeah, I get Ariana still lives with Tom, but she doesn't live with Tom still because she wants to and because, you know, they're broken up, but they're still besties and they're braiding each other's hair and having pillow fights and, you know, making popcorn and watching TV together. Like, they live together because he refuses to leave, even though he should have left, and he refuses to sell the house, which is what she wants to do. And it's basically a power struggle. <laughs> like, neither of them wants to give up a property that they both invested a lot of money in, which, again, is understandable. But again, one person wants to do the most logical solution, which is the compromise, which is selling and going your separate ways. And the other person doesn't. And the other person is obviously Sandoval. So, like, Lala's acting like Ariana and Tom are still there together and, like, they're cool with each other. Like, that's that doesn't mean anything. So James is like, and James is basically like, yeah, but they don't see each other. Like, it's separated. And Lala responds and she goes, you know what? Suck my D. That's what she says. That's her response. I'm like, yeah, that's the response of someone who knows their argument have, makes no sense and they have nothing to say back. <laughs> like, they have no retort. And then Lala's like, no one gives Sheena grace. I'm like, give me a break. Why, why does Sheena need grace? Again, this is not about, this did not happen to Sheena. <sighs> okay. So then they talk about Graham and him ending up in a dog pound. Um, well, that's what Sandoval says. So I'm, Sandoval's like, 
you know, Graham ending up in like a dog pound or whatever that was, was just a really bad look. Because, of course, he's on the right side when it comes because it means he gets to put down Rachel and he wants everyone to think like he was the poor, innocent little boy that was manipulated by like the evil Rachel. Um, you know, and then Ariana mentions that Graham was a very aggressive dog. Like he would even try to bite when you're giving him food or like, you know, doing something that a dog would normally like. Um, and then it cuts to James and James is like, oh no, he's like a different dog now. I take him to the vet once a month just for a checkup. He's so good and all this. I'm skeptical of how Graham actually is or hippie, whatever. I think that's his new name. Um, you know, hopefully he's, you know, done the right thing and is getting that dog actual training and help so that, cause clearly like, you know, if this dog is like aggressive and biting and all this stuff, the dog is not happy. And clearly this dog hasn't been given consistent, proper care. You know, who's to blame for how the dog bites and is acting? Is it probably partly James? Yes. And it is also partly Rachel because she also didn't take the responsibility to do what that dog needed. So, you know, I, I understand people are like, oh, yeah, James, definitely. Da, da, da. And I totally agree that James had a huge part because it sounds like he was, you know, antagonizing or letting the dog bite him and and not enforcing rules. But, you know, they both really dropped the ball. Period. Um, So Lala talks about her conversation with Schwartz at the pool party, and she says that she you know, decided that she was going to try to empathize with him because she wanted grace when she went through a hard time, like when her dad passed away and she knew Schwartz was going through a hard time with his brother and his dad. And she wished people had given her grace, which that's fine. That makes sense. Um, you know, Schwartz said he did miss their friendship, like his friendship with Lala and that they have always had like a special connection on the side and, you know, Schwartz said he was isolated by association with Sandoval and that, you know, he's he's a bit bitter in terms of like being told by Lala and other people that he needs to cut Sandoval off. But he says he does understand why they would say that and does understand their perspectives. And then Sandoval jumps in and he does not like that. So Schwartz makes that comment and Sandoval's like, well, you know, I don't understand that because like, well, you should dump your best friend and business partner like for because I cheated or whatever, which. Yeah, I hate to say this, I do get what he means, but that Lala means. Lala's more looking at it from a business standpoint, which she says, like Lala says, basically, Schwartz needs to understand that you can still be friends with him. And I agree with her about this, but it's the business relationship that's really sinking you. You know, she's like, if he sticks closely to Sandoval and stands by him with all like his business and stuff, it's Sandoval's going to sink himself and you, which is, again, we are seeing that come to fruition this week, especially with the New York Times article, with the interview magazine, this, the um, podcast interview with Nick Vial, like, this guy is doing himself no favors. He's being given a redemption edit and he's still messing it up. He's being given gifts from the producers and editors and he still manages to 
to fumble it. So, you know, the writing is on the wall for the show, unless there's a drastic change this season, but so far it is. And I don't know how much more longevity it has. So, you know, Schwartz does need to figure out what he's going to do on his own in the future without Sandoval. Because like, you know, riding the wave from the scandal, it's not going to last that much longer. Right. And he needs to figure out, you know, what can I do? What else can I do? Where can I go? How can I support myself in a way that has longevity? And Sandoval is not the horse that is going to ride you off into the sunset, Schwartz. So then they talk last, they, this is kind of the last topic I'm going to cover, but lastly, they talk because they do talk about just like, you know, James was so happy he got to have a pool party and whatever. There's not, there's not much there, but they talk about um, James's drinking and he says, you know, he tried to like be the guy who can still have a drink here and there. And he thought he could handle it, but kind of realized that he's not like other people and he can't just have a drink and it doesn't go well for him, which obviously, James, you're an alcoholic. So no, you can't just have a drink here and there. Um, and it is going to spiral. And he says, you know, it, you know, it sometimes would be like he would miss a flight, right, because of drinking. And then that might make him miss like a DJ gig that he had booked. And then that snowballs, right? And, and, and. So he said he's staying on the sober train. Um, and Lala's like, yeah, like your mom. And he said, yeah, you know, his mom's six years sober. His best friend is sober. So clearly he has people around him who will support him in this. And it's clear that Ali will support him as well. And he says, you know, he doesn't miss drinking and he's seen how well Lala's done and wants to follow in her footsteps. So I hope that's true for his own sake and for Ali's sake. Um, you know, does it make the best TV? Maybe not, but you know, Listen, I don't think the show is going to keep going that much longer anyways. So he might as well do what's best for his DJ career at this point. All right. So hopefully this season is going to pick up and that we're going to see, I don't know, something besides the Sandoval Redemption edit. And we'll get some other storylines. That's what I'm kind of still holding on to and hoping for. But in the meantime, this was your Vanderpump Rules after show recap. And do yourselves all a favor, go and watch the season premiere of Summer House tonight. Because I've said it before and I'm going to say it again, Summer House this season I think is going to be like, this is Summer House's year. And I'm very excited about it. All right. Until next time, everyone, keep overanalyzing Bravo. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Your support really means everything to me. And this show wouldn't be possible without you, the listeners. So please, if you enjoy the podcast, leave a five-star rating and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more, you can join my Patreon, patreon.com slash bravo and Botox. And for $5 a month, you'll get four extra podcast episodes a month. You'll also get early releases of Bravo Paper episodes and more. Please also subscribe to my YouTube channel at The Bravo Papers and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at Bravo and Botox and at The Bravo Papers. If you'd like to buy me a coffee, 
you can at buymeacoffee.com slash bravo and botox you know send your love through some much needed caffeine and any guest that was on today's episode will be in the show notes all their social media and contact information so thank you so much everyone keep overanalyzing bravo